Oneness with God. Oneness with God. Okay. Yeah, you know, I've I've missed like the the first two sermons of this series. Sinner. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, my wife hard. and I were talking about it though, and I was like, man, I was like, it was a really good sermon. Uh-huh. Like, I feel bad when I do that because she usually has to leave with the baby. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, but totally. I was like, yeah, you guys got a lot going on. I was like, you need to watch it because it's really <laughs> good. I was like, you know, and like we should probably watch the other two also. I, like, I, <laughs> I haven't watched those ones either. So it is kind of hard to like get into watching a sermon. Like I, I'm, I don't think I, I've watched a sermon in a long time. Like I, I'll, I have to be like riding in a car, mowing the lawn or something like that. So, well, yeah, we don't really yeah. watch it okay, per se. Say, yeah. So like we put it on the TV after Aurora goes to bed. Okay. And so like, you know, one of us is like cleaning bottles. Yeah. That makes like sense. Yeah. Room, you kind of have to have something else to do. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, I can't like, you're a great guy, Dave, but I don't want to stare at you. No, <laughs> I, I'm a hundred percent. I don't want to stare at me either. So, so oneness yeah. with God, I'm going to say it again. Cause otherwise I'll forget. So <clears throat> I did want to bring up too, like before your sermon, you were talking about the, like why we're attracted to like the mountains and ocean and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Cause it was made with a word. Like I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, it makes so much sense. Yeah, we respond to words. And yeah. 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 Like, that's, that is amazing. So, yeah. yeah. If you ever want to read a really good book, I think that's about the, like, really about the word of God, like, uh, it is called Hearing God by Dallas Willard, if you ever are interested. It's a really amazing book. And uh, he goes in there uh, in pretty great detail a lot about, um, you know, what the implications are of the universe being at the command of a word or words as opposed to being a mechanical universe. And, uh, um, and you know, it's really fascinating too. just the more and more we're learning about quantum physics and other things like that, the more and more you can even see, uh, some of the things at which, uh, our world is not purely mechanical. And, uh, so it's really fascinating stuff. So it was Dallas, what Willard Willard, his name. Yeah. He's now passed away. He used to be a philosophy pre- professor at USC, but uh, was a pretty popular Christian author. Um, I think his most famous book is Divine Conspiracy, which I think in 1999 won the book award from Christianity Today for book of the year or something, So, which is a really amazing book as well. Okay. I'm going to check it out. I like reading books. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great book. Aurora is sleeping. <clears throat> in her own room. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, so yeah. Big like step. Have yeah. Light on yeah, yeah. Again. Yeah, that's you know, great. It's so hard to read. Like, oh, the boy. Room. There's like a PS5 controller there and a, you know, a mouse and a keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> and a book. Like, come on. Yeah, like, that's you know, right. What's one you're reaching for? Oh, what a wild life a newborn is. I love it, man. It is. It's it great. It's so exciting. And every stage is better, I think. It's it's hard. You can't. You don't think of it that way, but like you think, oh, we're losing something, but you like, gain something better. Oh, I, I, she's crawling around now. I mm-hmm. love it, man. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, I'm like, do it. I'm like, where, like, I'm like, where are you going? I'm following you. Yeah, you know, yeah. Except down the steps. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad. bad. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So the, I really wanted to, to build on from your sermon, you talked about legal marriage not being where the joy of oneness comes from like in a marriage Mm -hmm. and and maybe did you talk about this in your first two sermons on this subject i don't think so no so i just i wanted to 
first off, like build on that because I know a lot of people know like, you know, marriage is supposed to be like the image of God and the church mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. And so like how where does that come into play when we talk about one oneness with God as married people? Sorry to all the single people that might be listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, particularly you know, marriage as created with Adam and Eve, you know, being the first marriage, you know, ultimately we find out later that marriage in and of itself is a picture of God and his people and how we were meant truly to be one with God. And that was part of the creation intent uh, where, um, you know, God inhabited us and our bodies. um, But also there was a true self as well. And, uh, and that was really the intention from all of creation. And so, which of course was lost in, in the fall. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so we, we get a, you know, picture of God and his people. And then now, of course, that's specific with Christ in his church. Um, and where oneness, you know, between a man and a woman, uh, the covenant of marriage is a picture of that. So, yeah. And so like, when we talk about oneness, one like oneness with God and like that union there, we're really like it's to break it down another way, it's oneness with God as us being members of his church and him being uh well God. Like Yeah, so I mean we st- obviously we stay separate human beings, right? right so yeah. um but at the same time, you know, Jesus comes to live and inhabit our heart, right? And so in our life. And so we literally are, um, you know, homes, houses of the Holy Spirit, you know, we're temples of God. Yeah. So, which is really the full intention of what human life is meant to live on anyway, not just bios or, you know, the Greek word for our biological life, but, but also Zoe, which is, or Zoe, which is the God's life in us. And so, um, and so, yeah, so it is a uh, it is the mystery, right? So that's what Paul says in Colossians, that uh, Christ in you is the great mystery, hidden, um, but now revealed. And um, and so our oneness is, uh, yeah, is total. And, uh, um, and you know, marriage, of course, is a, a, a bit of a... Um, you know, a picture of that, right? A physical picture of that where you have uh, two separate persons, you know, that are also one flesh and, uh, but, you know, they remain two separate persons. And, but, and then of course, in a healthy marriage, you know, what you get is, uh, you know, more and more a sense where um, your thoughts, your intentions, your will, your joys, your sadness, you know, all those things start to come together um, in a way where there's really a true uh, you know, a true unity of, um, and not just, I would know what Jenny is thinking or something in any given situation, but since we've been together long enough, I, I obviously have a great idea a lot of times on what Jenny is thinking in a given situation, but also the idea too, is that in any given situation, Jenny and I, uh, would be thinking the same thing just because we've been together so long or, and, and of course it's obviously imperfect, but, um, but also that, uh, her desires become my desires, my desires come her desires, you know, um, you know, those kind of things too. And that's, that's similar like what we see with, uh, you know, 
God's desires becoming our desires. Correct. Yeah. You know, and there was just kind of like, you know, I just want to like kind of pivot off of that. You, you said the gift of salvation, well, it might not be your exact words, but this, yeah. is what, this is what I gathered. The gift of salvation makes us humble and loving, because you were talking about uh, if God were to give us everything we wanted, what kind of person would that make us? That God's not just concerned with giving us what we want or giving us what makes us comfortable. He's concerned with the kind of person that we, that we are or will be with what he gives us. Mm-hmm. And I just, the first thing I thought about was like that, and you might have, you might have like brought it up in the sermon too, like that spoiled rotten kid. Yeah, for sure. That has received everything they want and they're just a total terror. Yeah, right. And it, it, but when you said that the uh, gift of salvation that makes us humble and loving, uh, you know, that's because we are, we have been loved first. Mm-hmm. And I, that's in the scriptures too, which I just love that explanation that you gave there. Like the greatest gift he gives us is that gift of salvation. And that is, that is what, what humbles us because we have received it out of like this great love and, uh, you know, this great love from God. And it's not one of those gifts that's going to make us like, you know, a total terror or, you know. Uh, puffed up or anything like that, mm-hmm. or at least shouldn't, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So I I thought that was a really great explanation. Uh, really had me, really got me thinking there. Yeah, so. yeah. Which is the point of the sermon, right? Yeah. Get people thinking, you know. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's really important. I think we we all understand that when when we are saved, there's a legal reality to it, right? So that's your justification, right? So in uh, the covenant, right, that in the new covenant, you are, you're saved, you're delivered, you're justified, you're totally forgiven of your sin. These are all legal things that are, uh, your debt is paid, all of that stuff. That's really important. But there's also a personal dimension uh, that is really, really important too, which is the actual personal relationship you have with God, which, uh, you know, you can still legally be saved, right, or even justified, but still hold God quite a bit at a personal distance. And um, and then and not experience really his love poured out into your heart by the Holy Spirit um, in a way that's uh, um, continual, um, where that you get the the real joys of abiding. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so that's where, um, you know, uh, it's really, really important that we understand that the dynamic of, of the Christian life is, um, really in the whole intention of God in our salvation is not to bring us with him after we die in the new heavens and new earth. It's first to bring heaven to earth here and to us now. And so, um, and those, all the, the legal, uh, things that happen in our salvation, the justification, forgiveness of sin, all that are, uh, uh, really the things that he ultimately like clears out of the way, right. To, uh, bring heaven to us now, uh, and particularly the Holy spirit poured out into our hearts. So, and then of course, you know, as you experience heaven, um, on earth now in your life and in your, uh, heart, um, you know, when you die, it's certainly not going to be an issue about where you're, you know, of right, course, yeah, where you're where going you to be, be where, right. where you want to go. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I feel like this is, you know, it, it's so similar to conversations that I've had with people like really in my early times as a Christian that people would always be like, 
you know, well, I, I have friends that are like, they're really good people, <laughs> you know, like, like well, you're saying they won't go to heaven and just like, you know, I'm like, no, like, you know, we're all sinners. Like, I don't care how good of a person they are. They've sinned against the Holy God. And with that, I mean, like, there, there's like that, there's like that, that portion that like you were just talking about, like, even when that time comes, they're not going to want to go there. You know, they have no, they have no relationship there. They, they have no understanding. That's not going to be what they, they, they don't, it's not going to be what they know. Like, mm-hmm. you're saying, like, you know, as we experience here, that's where we're going to want to go to. Mm-hmm. And that's where Christ has bought us yeah. or, or paid for us to get to. So, you know? and, and I mean, he really paid for us to, for him to get to us. That's really the, I think that's what's a really important thing that many of us miss because of we live in a, we sort of live in a, a Christian environment that's really how you um, sort of get named as a Christian, become a Christian so that you'll be assured of your eternal uh, habitation after you die. And that really, it's very confusing because you don't really understand a whole lot of the New Testament when you have that. Mm-hmm. idea. And, um, but, you know, to just, uh, piggyback on what you were saying there, right? When Jesus says in Matthew seven to people who cast out demons in his name, work miracles in his names, he says, I never knew you right. depart from me. And what he's not, he's not sat- talking to someone, um, there who, you know, at, at, you know, now, you know, at, at, you know, probably at Jesus context, he's talking to somebody who's Jewish, knew the law, circumcised, doing the right things, that kind of thing. Now he'd be talking to somebody who would have said, I've confessed Jesus, you know, or I've accepted him in my heart, I've, or whatever, I chose him, but, you know, and I do these things. But his, actually, his knowledge of us, um, which I think particularly um, gets cemented in the personal relationship, right? So, um, and obviously there are legal things that happen in salvation, but uh, these, uh, those legal things clear the way, mm-hmm. right. For the personal side of the covenant to come through the, the oneness, right. Just like in a marriage, you have, you, um, you know, legally, um, they bring about, uh, all the rights then that you have in marriage to, you know, to, you know, you know, faithfully go forward in the covenant. So, um, and but the covenant, you know, the joy of marriage, of course, is the personal side. Is right. you know, no one, you know, I certainly don't glory in, uh, you know, my marriage license that we signed, right? So, no, that usually gets put in like some kind of folder. That's right. I mean, who knows like, where it is? We but... might need this yeah. someday. I'm <laughs> yeah, not really exactly. sure. I think you need it, like you know, when you go on your honeymoon to get discounts. Yeah, maybe after that. Yes, yes, exactly. Really nothing yes, else exactly. That you need. Can we have a room upgrade? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I wish I would have thought about that one. I did want to also, like, you know, just like on this, like, uh, the, the same note here, one of the things that was really just like, I don't know, I like, I wasn't fully understanding it, but also I kind of I get it, mm-hmm. you know? So we were talking about, I believe it's Galatians... Is it 219 mm-hmm. where 219 and like, 20? Yeah. It's like 220, I think, the part that I'm about to talk about. We're crucified with Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one of the things that, and like, first off, that right there, I mean, every time I've read that, I've been like, sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's there. It must be true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No right. idea. Though. Yes. 
But the explanation that you gave, which I feel like clears it up, is, and maybe I'm wording this wrong, the version of us that has been crucified with Christ is the part that is wanting the fulfillment of ourselves and our desires. Mm. That was uh, basically the gist of what yeah. I got. And so... I'm trying to, I'm trying to, and maybe I'm going the wrong way here. I'm trying to marry this with like the, you know, like we're supposed to be uh, risen anew. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we die to our old selves, like kind of thinking about baptism as well, dying to mm-hmm. our old selves mm-hmm. um, and then being risen anew in Christ. Yep. And so this is, is what Paul is talking about symbolic or is it uh, more detailed in spirituality, like the spiritual side. I don't want to say spirituality. The spiritual side of our salvation and relationship with Christ. Yeah, yeah. So that's a great question. I would say it's... it's So this is a spiritual thing, right? So obviously we don't have any kind of thing where we get crucified physically, right? Right, yeah. And so, um, so it, it is a spiritual reality. And... So our crucif- our our identification fully with Jesus' death. So that's basically what it is, right? Is uh, uh, when we are united to Christ, we are fully identified in His death as well. So you know, I died, you died. Um, the you know the the Dave door that naturally uh, exists, right? The bios life of Dave door. Um, Right. Um, then at that point died. Right. Which would, and basically the way that we think, uh, and we know that life is more than just bios. Right. I mean, obviously it doesn't, nothing happens without breathing, sleeping, eating, drinking. But, right. um, but we, when we tend to think about what life really is, it's really ultimately our things that we want and our desires and, uh, and their fulfillment you know, ultimately, whether that's for, uh, status, honor, wealth, uh, love, romance, recreation, anything like that. And again, those aren't bad things. Um, and, uh, what's important about this to understand too, is this is what Jesus had to go through, you know, was really a, a surrendering and, uh, you know, really the surrendering of his human, um, you know, his human existence, um, to what it is that God wanted, right? And so he had to learn also, just like we have to learn what it means to submit our desires to the Father. And I'm sure a lot of his prayer life was probably in a lot of ways, um, you know, sub, you know, of course he had to lay down way more <laughs> than right. we have to lay down, but uh, but it still works the same way. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean obviously, you know, the all the times that Jesus like goes away. We've talked about that a little bit, like Jesus like going away from the crowds and everything like that and being in prayer. And then obviously the garden of Gethsemane uh, sort of situation mm-hmm. is that sort of like the, you know, prayer life that you're talking about that Jesus had there. Like yeah. Just, I mean, his, him, I mean, so, you know, in Hebrews, it talks about him le- learning obedience through what he suffered. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's easy for us to think that Jesus didn't have to learn obedience. Um, because he was God, right? And so he was just going to obey God fully. No, he had, he actually it was his sufferings that that taught him how to obey. So, uh, but it's not just the sufferings on the cross. So you know, so you see some things like um, he'll say things like, 
you know, uh, talking about, you know, I have come, you know, to bring fire upon the earth, and I, and I wish that I it were already kindled. Mm-hmm. You know, now he doesn't. He's not looking to judge by fire, right? That's not what he's there to do. But can you imagine being Jesus and see all these people reject him. He created them. He loves them. He and the but he sees these people reject him. They he sees people oppress other people. So in his heart, he has to think, man, I would love to like just do something here in a way that yeah. like would like maybe bring some judgment. Now he doesn't say that, but well, he does say that. I wish it were already kindled in a way, right? But he's but so but he knows that's not what he's there for. Right. But he's and that's not what his father has sent him there, and so. You know, so he sees the the sin around him, but he also doesn't react to that sin in any way that is apart from what his father wants, right? Which, uh, which is a, basically a setting aside of his good desires or right desires in order to subordinate it to what it is the father wants for him while he's in the flesh. And he gets that stuff through prayer, right? I mean, now, of course, he is the unique son of God, you know, but he's, uh, and he's fully and completely empowered by the Holy Spirit, one with God. So he knows what it is they used to do. But, and, but, you know, I think you see it in the temptation, too, with the devil, where the devil just says, turn these stones into bread, right? And he could just speak the word and do it. So obviously he has the power to do that. But... And it's weird because it's like, I've always kind of wondered, why is that a temptation besides the fact that he's hungry, right? You know, um, obviously the temptation is that he's hungry, but why would it be a big sin for him to turn these stones into bread, right? Um, it's ba- but it basically is to use his power to fulfill his desires in a way that yet his father hasn't yet said these desires be fulfilled, right? You know, yeah. like, um, and so he's basically saying, uh, I operate also on the sustaining of the word of God, right? So I don't live by bread alone, and man does not live by bread alone. So to, for me to turn these stones into bread, which I could do, is to basically uh, deny that um, the word of God is a sustenance and following him and doing his will is a sustenance. and he's not wanting me to use my power for myself. Right. So, but it's not a bad desire to want to use that power to make a stone, a piece of bread if you're hungry, right? It's like not like a sin or something, right? right? So, if, so if we could turn stone into bread, we're allowed to. <laughs> Just kidding. Right, right, exactly right. Well, yes. Yeah, I mean, like, so the breakdown is there, though. I mean, like, like just to kind of make sure I'm understanding what you're saying is that... Jesus is living, he, he's been called to live, to have his mm-hmm. desires fulfilled the same way that we are called to have our yeah. desires fulfilled. Because mm-hmm. as like Hebrews says, you know, he is living the the same life that we do or the life mm-hmm. that we could yeah. never live without sin. Yep. And so that's like, the, it's really important that Jesus just doesn't come down and like, give himself a free ride. Right. You know, like, I mean, let's be honest, you know, he, he could have done anything yeah. he wanted to. Yeah. You know? So for sure. So that 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 you know, I never really gave it any thought why why he would be why that would be sinful of him to turn that those stones yeah. into bread. Now yeah. I always 
gave thoughts like, yeah, you know, throw yourself off the peak of the temple here. You know, he won't let you, you know, hit your foot on a rock. You'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, right. That made sense to me because let's be real. I mean, if you, you know, go up to the top of some building and you're like, hey, God, God will save me. Yeah. And throw yourself off. I, I'm pretty sure God's going to be like, nope. <laughs> here he goes. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, good luck with that, my yeah. man. Yeah. So. But well, yeah. you know, you look at like, um, so Annas and Sapphira in the early church, right? So they mm-hmm. basically, people are selling land and property and taking the money and then giving it to uh, the disciples, right? And so, um, and so now they didn't have to do this. They, they just wanted to do that, right? So right. there was no command to do that. They wanted to do that. And so Annas and Sapphira did it. And... Um, but they, you know, were pretending, you know, that their gift was, um, more than it was, if I'm remembering the story, uh, correctly. And so they just, they lie, right? Like, so, so they actually sold land and got money, but then they pretended, right, that they, um, uh, were giving more than they were for, you know, for the praise of, yeah, you know, the community, all of the proceeds. Right. And then they actually held some back. For yeah. So, which is a little bit like the turning stones into bread. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, um, you know, they were, their temptation was there was to, uh, do what other people were doing and to exaggerate it, you know, for some self glory, although to sell the people piece of land and to give some away was, you know, pretty amazing too. But like, um, but the, the temptation there was to, um, you know, take this good thing that was within their power to do and then make it, um, and basically take human reputation and, and try to get glory from human reputation, mm-hmm. which was in their power to do instead of just right. being honest and say, we just gave, we gave half of the proceeds to the church. And if they said that if they just want to tell the truth, great, but they right. didn't. And so it, so, you know, because they hadn't yet learned that the word of God, right. And whatever God was um, kind of leading them to do in that moment was, is also a sustenance is also a way of doing things. And so, um, and, uh, so yeah, so, you know, and, and, but it is one of those things. Yeah. It, it wasn't immediate. It definitely was not immediately obvious to me why that would have been a sin for yeah. him to turn a stone into bread. Yeah. You know, with, with like the, uh, story you were just talking about, Anna, yeah, they? Annas, yeah. Annas and Sapphira or something mm-hmm. like that. They, uh, if they would have, I mean, they, they, just the same if they would have been like, we're going to sell this land and we're going to give 50% of the proceeds. Mm-hmm. You know, God wasn't the one who was like, you have to give all of it. They said they were going to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they decided that, no, we're just going to lie mm-hmm. and say we did something different, which is really strange. Like a, a lot of people try to try to twist that into being, well, God wants you to give all of it. It's like, no, mm-hmm. God wants to give you what your heart wants to give. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nowhere in the Bible is it like God, where God's like, hey, you need to give no matter how unhappy it makes you. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, give joyfully. Yes. Yeah. What it says. So, yeah, it's just kind of a, it's, it, it's a crazy story to me. It is a crazy you know, story. That yeah. it's in there, uh, in the way that it is and how much, I mean, people try to manipulate that so much. Well, it's a hard, it is a hard one to understand. For sure, just as the you know the loaves of bread is a tough one to understand too. The stones and the bread. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, mm. yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's mainly like, you know, I hate to call people out here, but like people who are atheists that just like hate Christians. Like, oh, see this story here? Do you give all your money to the church? Yeah. Yeah, you're not, are you? Like, yeah. Come on, dude. That's not what that means. Well, and, you know, so I think I've told this story too before, but, you know, I actually felt like, um, you know, there was a time where God specifically told me to not do a thing. Uh, it wasn't a sinful thing. It was just to not take a job that I had been accepted for or, you know, that I'd been offered for. And I initially didn't take it. Um, but then later on, a few months later, I actually ended up recalling them and taking this job. Um, and I, and, and again, taking a job that was not, it was, it was just a job, a normal job, but, uh, taking this job was not something I felt like God wanted me to do, but I did it anyway. Right. And it, uh, and so, and the reason why ultimately I did that and disobeyed the Holy Spirit, right? So there was no command in scripture about not not taking this job. It wasn't, the job was not bad or evil or anything. It just as as I prayed about it, I just really felt like God said no, but I, and I initially obeyed, but then later on went back and did it. And, you know, the real, I mean, the real issue there with me taking that job, disobeying the Holy Spirit was, um, that same issue as not believing that man does not live by bread alone Mm -hmm. is that I, didn't I couldn't see and or, and also could not accept that me obeying God in that situation was uh, a way uh, was is a type of food is a type of sustenance it is right. a type of energy and I just couldn't see it didn't accept it didn't believe it disobeyed it and paid the price for it for sure so yeah that's you know it's always rough when we have like one a decision like that to make, you know? Yeah. And it's hard when you feel like there's something normal and good and right. And you just actually feel like God says no to it. And just because there's, you know, but that's part of the personal nature of our walk with God. Um, you know, is that there are times where he's gonna, you know, it's just like he says to Jesus, he didn't say to Jesus, but Hey, you're fasting by the Holy Spirit's leading you to fast. Mm -hmm. And, so, you know, don't break this fast by turning stones into bread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very basic, but mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. Yep. You you talked about that in your sermon, too. That's uh, the, uh, well, sort of. All right, so this kind of, like, segues into it. But, you know, with your example, like, with taking that job, uh, you talked about the, the world telling us to chase our desires. And then when mm-hmm. we get them, we'll be happy. Yep. Well, that just falls right into that kind of same category. You know, there's so many of us that think, you know, if I just get this 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 right job, then then I'll be happy, then I'll be fulfilled, then I'll be making enough money, then I'll be able to take care of my family better or whatever it is. And that's that's, you know, almost never the case. We never get that that next step up and go Right. There, finally, yes. complete. All right. Yes. It's there's always something else, and I mean, I <laughs> actually at my last job, we, you know, I, I work in IT. And my last job was uh, us guys at the elementary level. We were like, you know, if 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 we just had 
uh, one building. If we just had one building, then 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 we'd be happy, you know. Mm-hmm. Instead of having to go back and forth between two buildings, and and then they they hired more people, and we went down to one building. We're like, you know, yeah. if, if we just had one kind of device, if we were just a one to one, just Chromebooks, then then this job would be great. Yeah. So then then we did that. We had that, and then they're like, all of us, me too. I don't. I shouldn't say they. We we were like, you know, if we just didn't have these Chromebook carts anymore, if we didn't have the cards that the students just took the devices home with them at night. Then ah, oh, this job would be perfect. Yeah, and I, I just remember like I was talking to another guy. I was like, I was like, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I was like, we'll always find something. Oh There'll yes, always be something yes. that isn't that's right. good enough. You yeah, know? and that's what chasing our desires is, isn't it? Like even though we get to the next one, we're never going to go. Oh, this is it. Yeah, and that's I mean, and who can deny right that like getting the fulfillment of your desires is not fun and awesome i mean it is i mean but the sure. it, like like you just said though it is um oh there's really two things to say about it one is you're not meant to fully live that way like you can't your life is meant to run on a god living in you him pouring out his love into your heart your oneness and so when you don't have that um, then you're trying to fill that void. You know, people talk about the God-shaped hole in your heart. That's it is the oneness, you know, and the receiving uh, love from God. Um, but then, of course, then you have to turn to things that are uh, appetites, right? And so, basically, which is their fulfillment feels really great, but uh, you know, after it's fulfilled, you get hungry again. And usually, a lot of what, how these appetites work is you just want more. It, it's not just you don't want same, same, same. You want more, more, more. Um, you know, so uh, you, you know when you think about money, what does everybody want with money? They want just a little bit more. You know, what does right. everybody want with status? Just a little bit more. You know, with honor, just a little bit more. You know, you know, freedom, recreation, anything like that, right? So just a little bit more. So it's like appetite. Yeah, yep. and yeah, it's never fully fulfilled. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that doesn't mean it's wrong, right? There's it it just is, but that's the power of it is uh is we take these things like status, honor, glory, wealth, you know, freedom, whatever it might be, and we uh, say these are the things that I must have in order to be happy, fulfilled, you know, truly myself, yada yada. So what does it look like to engage with the desires we have? in a healthy way, like through our oneness with Christ or, or through the scriptures or however you want to describe it. Yeah. Like what is that, what is the healthy way to engage in that look like? Yeah. You know, I mean, so you look at, to me, the way I'll, I do it is basically taking your favorite wishes and you surrender them to God. And a lot of them, a lot of my favorite wishes, right. Just come down to, um, the, almost the exact opposite of what Jesus says, how we pray in the Lord's Prayer. So he says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. You know, my desires almost always have to do with making my name great, making my kingdom come, and making my will be done. And and again, it's really easy to think and uh, maybe like denigrate myself and think, the fact that I feel that way at all is bad. That's not true. Um, there's nothing wrong with you wanting to have a, a good name, you know, uh, to build an area of influence, to have even your desires fulfilled. But they cannot be God in your life. And everybody knows those desires uh, become God in your life 
uh, very, very easily. They become the central point of reference. And usually the way that we find out is, is by in their absence or is as soon as one's threatened or taken away or just unfulfilled, we just feel desperate. Sometimes we feel suicidal. But so that's why it is that we just cannot hold those. We need to cast those on the Lord and to surrender them to the Lord, which is which is a death. Like right, it's a it's a basically saying, Lord, you're more important to me than you know. I I mentioned in my sermon my favorite wish so often has been just to be um, you know incredibly effective and influential and fruitful in uh, teaching preaching ministry Christian ministry. And I have to give that to God and surrender it constantly to him. Yeah. And uh, because, um, you know, and, and it's a great thing. You know, my all my heroes, you know, are very fruitful, effective Christian teachers and, you know, leaders. Yeah. But one of the things that I need to do, of course, is I by the act of surrendering that, you know, to to God, I don't live or die on the fulfillment of those desires right and i give them and i give them to god and it is a lot of times it just feels like death right um, yeah. but in that then it also makes way and in a it weirdly makes room for me experiencing the love of god and the holy spirit which is uh which actually makes me a loving person to go and a and a powerful strengthened person to go out and do what i do during the day Right where the other one is like, if I'm wondering if I'm going to get my desires fulfilled or not, it often makes me weak and insecure. So uh, <clears throat> I'm going to need you to help me out here <clears throat> because I I take excellent notes. <laughs> so, well, so you know, I was you're you're talking and, and I listen to, you, but I'm also trying to figure out. Um, so what what I have here is. Because I have what is actually ruling Paul is Christ in him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's from Galatians. You know, he's, uh, you know, it's Christ that lives in him now. Yeah. And that's what's uh, where his desires are coming from. Yeah. God's desires are now his desires, which is you know, kind of the point of all of this. Yeah. Right. And you like you were just talking about you you're surrendering or surrendering those worldly desires we have to him. And uh, I have on a note here. All our desires should be subordinate to Christ in us. Does that sound about right? And then I put, we are not without love, hate, or, or want of desires in general. Okay, so and then I have arrows pointing up to the last note, which was all our desires should be subordinate to Christ in us. So is the, and I'm, I'm trying to just recall like what you were talking about, the, what I'm, Taking a note here is like we're not without love still. Like we're not robots in this. Right. You're not you're not trying to eliminate desire. Right. We're right. not trying to say, you know, I no longer have desires or I no longer want anything. It makes me think back to a cult that I heard about and I can't remember their name, but that's that's kind of like what it reminds me of. Uh they try not to laugh or smile. <laughs> uh which is weird because if you like they're basically trying to always be sad, mm-hmm. but they pretend it's a neutral position they're in mm-hmm. where they don't laugh or smile. Okay. Or have fun. Wow. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's a very small call in some wow. city. I'll get to the yeah. details. Really yeah. weird stuff. Um, not a lot of growth potential there for that one. 
And so, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, there's not really any yeah, that's potential right. there. Uh, but so this this is this isn't a matter of us becoming robots and like just wanting, say, like you know, a fulfillment of godly things necessarily, but that God has desires He wants for us. Is that like? Yeah, that's a yes. So that's one avenue for that for sure. Um, I think it's really. I think the best way I think the best for me to think about it is 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 that the death of our desires uh, and the surrendering of our desires and the giving up and putting them on the cross. Right. So take up your cross and follow me. That's what your favorite wishes. Putting them on the cross. Okay is uh it's it's the death of those things is then uh trusting god that he's going to raise your desires uh in a way that is um both for the glory of god your good and the and an an expression of godly love to human beings Mm -hmm. right and so but that's and that's what God wants out of it all, right? So Jesus, when he he has to surrender his desire to not go to the cross and not have to, you know, be the Lamb of God, right? He doesn't want it to happen. Right, yeah. Take this cup from me, right? And so if there's any other way, so but not my will, but your will be done. So that's what we see Jesus. He's he's taking his desires, his good desires, and he's surrendering to him to the Lord. And what does God do with that? Well, he, um, you know, he tells him, no, he's got to do it. And Jesus does it. I like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And that was hard for God, right. Too the God, the father, right. He who did not spare his own son. So imagine, you know, could you imagine, you know, you have a child now, right. The idea of like having to give your child up for another person is an absolute, you know, like, it's terrible. It's so, a terrible feeling, right? So a friend of ours actually did that to my wife after our first was born. She was like, you know, now if you can just imagine that your daughter has to suffer and die for others, could you do it? You know? And my wife was like, why would she say that? Right. <laughs> I was like, well, I think she's trying to get a, cr- a point across here. You know, it's a metaphor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? uh-huh. So yeah, That's definitely. Funny. Yeah, definitely. I mean, but yeah, so it's hard. It was hard for God the Father to give Jesus. Hard for Jesus to do it. So, absolutely. but so so and so what? His his desires die. I mean, and then of course he dies quite literally. And but what happens is is. Therefore, God exalts him to the highest place, right? And so because of his suffering and death and because of his obedience uh, and his death, God exalts him to the right hand of God, right? And so it it literally is this, like, uh, amazing reality. And and that's, of course, what is in all the promise, too, of, um, you know, if you try to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life, you'll save it. If you take up your cross and follow me, right. those who humble themselves will be exalted. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. It's all, And so, you know, when we take our favorite wishes and we say, I, I must have them at all costs, right? We were going, you know, we'll eventually heading down the road of, humil- of uh, humiliation, right? Um, but when we take our favorite wishes and we give them to God and surrender them. We're on the road of he will exalt it. He'll resurrect it and how, you know, he wants it, uh, really to be. So, um, 
so yeah, so that's how I think about it, right? So it's again, it's uh, it's so it's not just a, um, you know, there's of course sometimes, you know, I mean, I can I know in my life too that like, um, I gave up dating girls my senior year of high school after uh, a relationship that was ungodly, and then um, and I just like surrendered that to God, and like I don't know. 18 months later, I ended up dating Jenny, um, and I, or, you know, uh, asking Jenny to be my girlfriend. And, but at the same time there, I was able to, uh, have a, uh, have a God honoring dating relationship with Jenny, um, largely because I was willing to say, um, I'm not going to be dependent on as best of my ability. Uh, I'm right. not going to be dependent on the girls. And a lot of people have a, a very similar experience, you know, with, um, you know, the, the good things that you desire. Right. So, so yeah, if you give them up, you get them back, you know, in a lot of ways you get them back, but they're raised and they're not, and they're not, you know, they're purified, they're sanctified. Um, you know, you'll be, you will be exalted, you know, but, you know, just like Peter says, you know, uh, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and at the proper time, he will exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So, you know, you're basically, it's not that God's not going to exalt you, but it's that it's that it's going to be in his timing, which is going to feel like a death, of course, mm-hmm. you know, because it's never fast enough. And I was just even thinking about that today. Like, I just always feel like I'm late for um, the fulfillment of my desires, <laughs> you know, it always just feels like it's late. It's too late. It's too late. It's always too late. You know, like yeah. So so I am always also <laughs> late for the podcast recording. So exactly, That's not... which is also true. <laughs> yeah. So well, that that pretty much wraps up. Uh, you know what I got, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, good questions. Was, I appreciate those. Yeah. You know, it's always cool when we get like. You know, you're the one preaching it, so it's not really for you. But like, you know, it's always cool, like when you're in, like you know, you're listening to a sermon, and get to, when you get your gears going and everything. Yeah, in your mind, you know, cool. I, always, I love that. You know, yeah, awesome, so, dude. Thanks. I'm glad that yeah. that's happening. Yeah, I, this stuff is. Uh, it, it's fun to teach this series because I don't think I've ever really heard a series on it myself. So I'm kind of crafting it, you know, for. You oh, know, yeah. without any kind of hearing anybody else do stuff. Not, not that I necessarily do that all the time anyway, but uh, but I have heard a lot of sermons, so it's yeah. really, but I just don't think I've really heard a lot on this. So it's been really fun to kind of really think through the implications of a lot of this stuff. So Yeah, it was really disappointing when I got in and you said what the sermon series was. And, you know, I worked security two weeks ago, and then <laughs> July 4th weekend we didn't make it in. And then, like, this weekend I was like, oh, I'm like, are you serious? Like, all of this stuff happens when I'm not here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so, that's all right. awesome so, alright awesome man Thanks. great stuff mm-hmm.